according to the Associated Press, uh, letters that are addressed to God or to Jesus Christ end up at a post office in Jerusalem, in Israel. And they go to the city's undeliverable mail department. And so the postal workers there have to deal with those letters. You know, how would you get a letter to God? Uh, I don't know, but that's where they go. And uh, according to this, one of the spokesmen for the, for the post office there, Yitzhak Ribahayina, they got this one letter one time, and it just broke their heart. As they read it, it was from an elderly man, and he was asking God for 5,000 shekels to ease his poverty. And as he explained his situation, it just really touched the heart of those postal workers. And so those postal workers got together, and they gathered up this money, and they sent him 4,300 shekels, just a little short of the $5,000. But they collected it. I understand in American money, that's about $1,000. But they sent it to this elderly man. About a month later, they got a second letter from the same man addressed to God once again. And he said, Dear Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for the generous gift that you gave me. But next time, don't send it through the postal workers. Those thieves took 700 shekels out of my money. So you know, it doesn't matter how generous you are, somebody's going to look at it and say, wow, this, this is not a generous gift. But uh, at any rate, we want to think about generosity today. Do you think God wants us to be generous? Everybody go like this. Yeah. God wants us to be generous. Uh, God loves us. He wants to be generous to us. And he wants us to be generous people. Um, I remember some years ago, I was out at a restaurant, and I was eating at this particular place. And there were some people, when we came in, there were some people that attend church here. I don't see them here today. Uh, and I'm not sure it was them that did this. But when we got ready to go... Uh, we were ready to pay our bill, and we asked the waitress for our uh, ticket, and the waitress said, oh, it's already been taken care of, tip and all. What? Yeah, somebody paid your bill. And I looked around immediately, and the people that were there were gone. I didn't even get a chance to thank them. Well, Jeanette, usually when we eat, Jeanette always asked our waitress, she said, is there any way we can pray for you? And... You wouldn't believe the stories we hear. And sometimes people say, uh, 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 nobody's ever asked me that. I don't know. But this particular time, the waitress shared with us that she had some issues and she was working double shifts because she was a little short on money. And so I had the same thought as Jeanette because when we found that our bill was paid, I looked at her, she looked at me, and she said, you better give her a big tip. And so I gave her a very generous tip five, six times what I would normally give. And I'm usually, I have to be a generous tipper because my wife is always asking people if she can pray for them. And I don't want them to think I'm a stingy preacher. So, so I gave her a really generous tip. But you know, it's easy to be generous when somebody's been generous to you. But what about when people are not generous to you? I remember when I, when I was 16 years old, I hadn't always been so generous. And I got my first job, you know, and I was thinking, i got to give something to the church. 
Well, I went to church and they preached on giving that Sunday. And the preacher, you know, taught about giving a tithe. And, and I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm not ready to do, <clears throat> you know, a full tithe or whatever. But I'm making about $60 a week. So I thought in my mind a good number would be $2 a week. So I filled out a pledge card to give $2 a week to this church we were attending down in South Carolina. And uh, I think for two Sundays in a row, I gave $2 each Sunday. And then I don't think I gave any more. I probably ought to write a check for about $100 and send it over to that church to make good on my pledge. But you know, sometimes it's hard to be generous. But Jesus calls us to be generous. He asks us to love our neighbor, but he, he tells us to go above and beyond to do that to be generous in our giving. We're continuing our series today, and it's called Spiritual Blessings. And we've talked in this series about how God has blessed us. And we've looked at how we can bless God. But today I want you to think another step and think about this idea of generous giving. Generous giving. Now you may say, why should I give generously to the Lord? Why should I do it? Well, first of all, because he tells you to do it. But there are other reasons. And I know some are sitting here today saying, Oh, man, I brought a guest today, and here the preacher's talking about money. They're going to think all that church cares about is your money. And that's not true. We care about your soul. We care about your spirit. And Jesus talked a lot about money. Jesus had more to say about money than he had to say uh, uh, about prayer. And so money is a part of our spiritual lives and how we deal with the money that God so graciously allows us to have. So we're going to talk about money today. And we're going to think about what God wants us to do with our, our money. I heard about this farmer. A preacher went to him and he said, Farmer Brown, he said, you know, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. He said, if you had two tractors, would you let the poor people in this community borrow one and we could start a ministry helping them plant gardens and raising some food and ease their poverty? And he said, yes, I would. And he said, Farmer Brown, if you had two fields, would you let some of the poor people use one of those fields so that they could plant some crops in it and supplement their food and, and help them save some money. And he said, yes, I would. If I, if I had two fields, I would. And he said, Farmer Brown, if you had two barns, would you let them store some of the produce in one of those barns? And Farmer Brown said, yes, I would. And he said, Farmer Brown, if you had two pigs, would you give one for the charity breakfast next Saturday? And the Farmer Brown said, come on, preacher, you know I have two pigs. And, you know, sometimes that's the way we are about our giving. You know, we want to hold on to what we have very tightly. But let's look at the Bible and let's begin to see some of what Jesus or what God says about our giving. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is our text. Let me set the context of this. Now, Paul is collecting an offering for the church in Jerusalem. And he started talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And he's writing to the church at Corinth. He's already gotten word from some other churches in Greece and in Macedonia that they're going to give. He knows that the Galatian churches are going to give. 
And Paul's going to send some men to come collect this money, and they're going to get it from all these churches, and they're going to take it to Jerusalem, where we think they're having a famine, and they have a shortage of food, and they're going to bless those people generously to help them uh, at the church in Jerusalem. And so uh, Paul's reminding the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians, he's telling them he's going to collect this, in 2 Corinthians, he says, now I'm getting ready to send the guys, so be ready. You don't want to be embarrassed. I've been bragging on you. You're going to give a generous offering, so I want you to get it. And we pick up here at verse 6 at what Paul says about giving. And this applies not just to a special offering, but to any offering. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So let's think about this. Let's break this down and look at some principles that Paul gives us here about giving. And the first principle comes right out of verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You see, it's this principle. The more generously you give, the greater the outcome. Now, if you think about what he's saying here, it's the principle of reaping and sowing. If you give, if you put out uh, the more seed you plant, the better your crop, your harvest is going to be. The more seed you plant, the more you're going to harvest. The more generous we give to the kingdom, the greater the outcome is going to be to the kingdom. Now, some people try to twist this and say, oh, God says, if you give generously, he's going to give back to you generously, and you're going to be rich. That's not a motive for giving to God. You should want to give to God even if he's not going to give anything back to you. But God does promise to bless us. Just stick with me here. But this does not say... If you give generously, you're going to be rich. Depends on what your definition of rich is, of course. But we give to the kingdom so that the kingdom can flourish. That should be first and foremost in our minds when we think about giving. It takes finances to operate a church. Any church has to have a budget. They have to have finances to operate, keep the lights on, unless you meet in the dark, and then you'd have to have candles, and you'd have to buy the candles. So you've got to have a budget. We, we have our budget for next year's available at the Welcome Center. Anybody can stop by and pick up a copy of it. We don't, we don't try to hide anything. We do everything out in the open. We're going to have a meeting on Wednesday night to explain that budget. We hope you'll come and join us for our meal at 5.30 and then the meeting at 6.30. And uh, we've got that budget. It's been approved. The committee put it together. And they passed it by the board, and they approved it, and now we're bringing it to the congregation. On December the 11th, we'll have our congregational meeting just before the 11 o'clock service, right between Sunday school and the service. And that meeting is to vote. We'll collect the votes, uh, not to discuss. We'll do that Wednesday night. Uh, or if you won't have questions, you can ask one of the elders. You can ask me. You can ask Chris. You can ask... Uh, Matt, any of our ministers will be glad to explain it to you what it's all about. But we got to have a budget. we got to know where the money's going and how we're going to pay salaries and light bills and things. 
But you know, there's a couple of things that are important. And he uses this illustration of reaping and sowing. It has to do with planting. And you know, there's some things you do when you plant. Number one, you've got to have faith to put that seed in the ground. You've got to believe that I'm going to get a return, that I, all this work I'm going to do putting this seed into the ground is going to produce a crop that I'll benefit from. Secondly, you have to work. It's not just about putting the seed and kicking a little dirt on it. You've got to keep the weeds out. You've got to fertilize it. You've got to make sure it gets water. You've got to make sure the varmints stay out of it. Planting a garden and tending that garden can be some hard work. Thirdly, you've got to have patience. Plant seed today, you're not going to have a crop tomorrow. It's going to be a while. And so you have to patiently wait. It's the same, Paul's saying, with our giving. We plant seed. We still got to work. We still got chores to do. And we have to be patient and watch how God uses the seed that we plant monetarily to build his kingdom and, and refresh his church. So, God wants his church to grow. He wants it to grow deep. That is, in spirituality, he wants, he wants his church members to grow and come to understand the spiritual side of things. He also wants his church to grow wide in number. And so part of using that finance helps us have good teachers, it helps us reach people, and it takes money to reach out and operate a church. God wants us to give generously. I heard about this Franciscan monk. He was over in Australia, and he had been assigned a job. This was when Mother Teresa was alive. She was visiting uh, New South Wales in Australia, and she was coming, and his job was to drive her around. He thought, what an honor. Get to drive Mother Teresa. I'll pick her brain. I'll learn about spirituality. I'll learn about helping the poor. I'll learn about giving generously. And so he spent the whole week. But she was so busy, and so many people were always, you know, pressed up against her, and she was speaking and going to luncheons. He never got to talk to her. And finally, he was driving her to the airport. She was going to Papua New Guinea for her next leg of her trip. And he asked her on the way, he said, Mother Teresa, if I pay my own way, uh, buy my own airline ticket, can I sit with you on the plane just so I can talk to you and pick your brain about spirituality and helping the poor? She said, what? You have enough money to buy a plane ticket to Papua New Guinea? You take that money and give it to the poor. You'll learn more than I could ever teach you. You know, give generously. Now listen, second principle. Each of you should give, this is verse 7, what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So our giving should be carefully thought out and given cheerfully. Do you ever think about what you give? Or do you just reach back here and you pull this wallet out and you say, mm, uh, I got this and I got that. Okay, here God, you can have that one just sort of haphazardly and probably not very generously because you're thinking about what you're going to keep more than you think about what you're going to give. You know, the Scripture teaches that we should give a tithe. And a lot of people misunderstand that word tithe. They think that's anything we give to the church, but a tithe means 10%. 
That means 10% of what you've got coming in. In the day when this was written, especially in the Old Testament times, they were an agrarian society. They raised crops, they raised animals, cattle, sheep, and goats, and chickens and things, and doves, and that was their food, that was their income. And so they would give uh, how they did that. The Lord told them back in the Old Testament, said when you have cattle or sheep or whatever, you give the firstborn to the Lord. And then every tenth animal, you give that to the Lord. That's 10% of what they got. On your crops, when you get the first fruits of your crop, you know how your crop's going to be. You see what, well, you can estimate what it's going to be. You give 10% of what you think you're going to give. You be generous to give to the Lord. Now, I've heard people say, well, the, the New Testament doesn't say anything about tithing. In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, though, do not neglect the tithe. So we ought to think about that. Now I know some people say, well, I, I just can't give 10%. Uh, if I gave 10%, I wouldn't have any money left. You, you got to think about it. Maybe, maybe you need to look at your budget and see, you know, work out and see how much money you actually have. How much are you wasting? I heard about this guy that went to a Dave Ramsey financial peace seminar and he was he, they instructed him to go and look at his spending and log how much he's spending on food and how much on electricity and water and how much on eating out and all this. And he put his budget together and he discovered he was spending $1,400 a month on eating out just between him and his wife. He figured out he could live on one-fourth of that eating at home and lose weight. You know, we have to look. How are we spending our money? Maybe, maybe your faith is not big enough to give a tithe. So let me make a suggestion. If you want to get serious about this, then you start out with a certain percentage. You say, okay, God, I'm going to start a little bit low, but I'm going to genuinely work toward building up to that. And maybe you give 5%. And then you say, in three months, I'm going to increase that to 6 in four months, five months, I'm going to increase it to, to seven, and then you're going to increase it till you get to the 10% tithe. Watch God work. If you're genuine in your heart, you watch Him work and how He provides for you. If you're good stewards of your money, you know, don't go buy a brand new big uh, Rolls Royce and say, oh yeah, God was supposed to bless me, but uh, I have less money now than I did when I started. Yeah, it's probably true. You know, if you're sincere about doing what God asked you to do, then, then it shouldn't be a problem. It's all about faith. I heard about a man that graduated from college, started his own business, and he thought from the get-go, I'm going to tithe. First uh, year he was in business, he eventually was earning $500 a week, and he gave $50 a week in, to the church. Went on, business grew, before long, he was earning $5,000 a month. And he gave $500 to the church. And then before long, he was earning $50,000 a month, and he gave $5,000 a month to the church. Well, his business was tremendously successful, and eventually he was earning $5 million a year. And he looked at that, and he said, that means I've got to give $500,000 to the church. I just... I just can't, I'm not comfortable doing that. 
So he went and talked to the preacher. And he said, preacher, listen. You know, it was easy for me to give 50 and then 500 and then even 5,000, but to give a half a million dollars to the church, I'm having a hard time doing that. And he said, well, the preacher said, let's pray about it. And the man said, okay. And they bowed. And the preacher said, dear Lord, get this man's salary back down where he'll be comfortable giving a tithe. You know, it's a hard thing. Make a decision what you're going to give and then give it. Don't worry about the finances. Give the funds and trust God to do what he says he'll do. And that brings us to the third principle, verse 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, this tells us here, God... Uh, is going to bless you uh, when you bless God with what you give God is going to bless you with what you give so God blesses the generous thoughtful, cheerful giver this says he blesses abundantly abundantly that's generous you know at minimum abundance means you're going to have more than, than you need and that's what it says here you will have all that you need so we got to learn to trust God. Now, it doesn't always mean God's going to bless you with money either. Listen to way, some of the ways that God blessed people. In Deuteronomy 29.5, During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did your sandals on your feet. Sometimes God will help you stretch what you have to meet your needs. In Acts chapter 14, verse 17, He has sown kindness by giving you rain, from heaven and crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. You know, God doesn't say, you know, you give and just sit back and do nothing. You may have to work. You have to tend the garden that you plant. But He's going to provide seed and He's going to provide rain and He's going to take care of you. Even when we have hard times, if you think about why Paul is collecting this offering, it's because the church in Jerusalem is in dire straits. And God has orchestrated this offering to provide for them. So God may send you something that you unexpected from somebody when you need it. But God promises to provide for our needs as, as, as they come up. You know, as you go about striving to do good in this world and to give generously, God is going to bless that. Some of you may remember the old Garrison Keeler story, the Wake Log Lake Wabagone stories. And one of those, Garrison Keeler tells about uh, Clarence Bunsen. And Clarence Bunsen went to the Lake Wabagone Lutheran Church. And one Sunday, he's sitting in church, and the sermon had gone on way too long, maybe about like this one. And, and, uh, Clarence is about to fall asleep, and he nods a little bit, and then he remembers, I forgot to write my check. So he pulls out the pew Bible, and he's hiding his checkbook behind the pew Bible, trying to write, and he's sure the lady on the other end thinks he's writing in the Bible. And, and so he gets it, and then he tries to quietly tear it out. You ever try to tear out a check in a quiet room? I mean, and everybody can hear it. And then he... You know, about that time, the sermon ends. They pass the offering plate. He drops it in and looks at the check and realizes 
he's made a mistake. Instead of writing a check for $30, he wrote it out for $300. And he had that on his mind because that's all the money he had in his checking account. And he thought, what am I going to do? My wife and I are going to have to beat beans and oatmeal the rest of the month. And he thought, I can grab it back real quick, but the offering plate's gone. He's not going to get up and run and get the check. And he says, maybe I can catch the deacons after the church service and I'll tell them I made a mistake and I need my check back and give them another. He said, no, that'd be too embarrassing. What can I do? What will I do? And Garrison Keeler writes, one thing's for certain. Clarence is more alive at this point than he's been all day long. It woke him up. You know what? Giving generously to the Lord will wake you up. It will give you a sense of generosity and a feeling that you can't imagine if you do it from the heart, you do it for the right reason, and you do it cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. And if you trust Him and give for the right reason and give cheerfully, God is going to bless that. Look at the last part of this passage here, verse 9. It's a quote from Scripture. It is written... They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. It's, it's a psalm about the righteous people, the followers of God. And then he says this in verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. You know, Paul's saying, look, you give generously, and this offering that we're taking, it's going to cause countless people in Jerusalem to be praising God, to be giving thanks, because they see it as God bringing them a gift. And you get to participate in what God is doing in this world to bring help to other people. In the process, God is glorified. Here's our connection. Our generosity should not be based on the amount of our finances, but rather on the strength of our faith. You know, God's Word says, you bless me generously, I'm going to bless you generously. That's what God's saying to us. And what you give... It has nothing to do with your salvation. It has nothing to do with how much you have. You just give generously. You don't have to give it all. Give a tithe and a little more. And trust God. And when you give generously, you are guaranteed that you will have all you need. Give a generous blessing. Receive a generous blessing. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you today for your generosity to us. As Ricky said earlier, man, all we got to do is look. And we are so blessed. You know, we're blessed to live in this country. We are blessed to live in this part of this country. We have this beautiful scenery all around us. We have wonderful people in this community. Lord, we have a great church here that we can be part of and fellowship together and learn together and grow together and worship together and Lord a place where we can return blessing to you and 
And we just pray today that you help us to see the blessing and to be generous in what we give, to know that you're going to be generous back to us and that you'll use us and the gifts that we provide to bring glory and honor to you all around the world as we give. So we pray today that you give us a generous heart. In Jesus' name, we pray and praise. Amen.